0: While putting this talk together, I found this description of identity. Who we experience ourselves to be, the I each of us carries within. I found this definition to be quite problematic. It internalises identity and places us at the centre of our own universe. It makes us out to be the deciders of who we are. I suggest that we shouldn't be the source of our own identity. We need to find our identity in Christ. It's God who is best able to reveal to us who we really are, as he knows us more intimately than we know ourselves. He knows not only who we have been and who we are, but also who we're meant to be and who we're going to be. When we look around us, we see a world obsessed with identity, determined to answer the question, Who am I? With a multitude of answers being shouted back from every direction. Have you ever wondered what makes you who you are? We take personality tests to tell us if we are an ISTJ or an ENFJ or we take quizzes to find out what breed of dog or type of cake we are in the hope that this information might help us fit in and give us an answer to why we are the way we are. There are thousands of self-help books devoted to discovering the real you. People go on journeys to the other side of the world to find themselves or spend time searching for their family trees to discover where they come from. Charlotte and I like watching Who Do You Think You Are? and it can be really powerful sometimes to see how a revelation about a distant ancestor can have a real impact on how the subjects of the programme see themselves and the world around them. This can be both positive and negative depending on what that revelation is. It's true that our family heritage has a huge impact on who we are. Genealogy comes up quite a lot in the Bible. When setting out the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, God speaks of punishing sins of the third and fourth generation but showing love to a thousand generations, to those who love him and keep his commandments. So there are positive and negative things that we pick up from our parents and grandparents and great-grandparents. To put the passages in in Genesis in perspective, if we were to count back a thousand years and, as I'm married to a Hastonian, back before the Battle of Hastings, we would have only counted back about thirty generations not even a twentieth of the way towards the thousand generations mentioned in Genesis. We find our identity and worth in lots of different things. Where we come from, our families, our jobs, our achievements and successes, our hobbies, the people or things we love, pivotal events in our lives, both good and bad. The problem is that when we build our worth in these things, they are liable to fail. And when they do, our whole self-image and self-worth can be shattered. When we look around at the world, particularly in the realm of celebrity, we often see a place that seems to love putting people up on pedestals, but even more enjoys seeing them topple down under the pressure of trying to live up to the image. With social media, we see a world more obsessed than ever with its own identity and self-image. A world which sets highly unrealistic expectations and presents people living perfect lifestyles, seemingly untouched by the normal problems of life. The truth is, these snapshots never really show the full picture. And when we look closer, the cracks often start to reveal themselves. As Christians, we no longer need to search the world to find out who we are. Who we really are can only truly be found in God. When we read through the Bible, we see the full picture of who God has made us and how he feels about us. The Bible tells us that we were made in his image, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. It tells the story of a God who, when we strayed away from him, gave up everything to come and rescue us and bring us back to him. The reality is that when Jesus died on the cross, paying the price for our sins and rescuing us from death, that work was finished. John 19.30 says, it is finished. The Greek word used is teteleste. I may not be the best person to talk about grammar, but this verb best on teleo is in the perfect tense. This apparently means that it describes an action completed in the past, which has effect into the future. In other words, it was finished in the past, it's still finished in the present and it will remain finished in the future. I once heard it said as, it is completely complete. God's done everything to accomplish his salvation in you and make you the perfect new creation. In the past, when Jesus died, sin and death were defeated completely in that moment. When we accepted Jesus as Saviour and were born again by his Spirit, we became a new creation. The Holy Spirit was given to us as a seal of what Christ has accomplished in us. God became sin for us and we became sons of God by adoption. God looks at us and doesn't see the sinful, rebellious, broken and hurting people that we were, but sees Jesus, the Son of God the perfect man who paid the price for all our sin. In the present, God is working out our salvation within us. That complete regeneration which has occurred needs to break through from within us out to the old self, our bodies and minds. In the future, when God calls us home or when Jesus returns, we will instantly be transformed into that new creation that he has already made us. I know we maybe don't often feel like the perfect new creation, and in the fallen world we live, sin, hurt and pain still seem to affect us. We need to accept on faith that what God has accomplished is the reality of who we are, regardless of how we feel. I think the process of sanctification that is ongoing as we walk with God is well described in Philippians 2.13 by working out our salvation. That which has been done within needs to work its way out into every part of our lives. The devil likes to tell us that we're failures, that we're worthless and that we're still sinners and that God couldn't possibly love us. He reminds us of every mistake we make and tells us that it must be the last straw and that there's no coming back from it. God's word tells us a different story, however. In today's reading from Ephesians, we see the truth of who we are in Christ. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing. We have been chosen, adopted, redeemed, forgiven, grace lavished and unconditionally loved and accepted. We are pure, blameless and forgiven. We have received the hope of spending eternity with God. I think If we are to wait until we feel that these things are completely true in us, we may be in for a very long wait. Hebrews 11.1 tells us that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. We need to take God at his word and start believing what he says about us. The more we do this, the more of a reality it will become in our lives. I'm not suggesting that it's just about positive thinking, that we're thinking it into reality. What we're doing is submitting to God's truth, humbly laying down our own self-worth or self-image and allowing God to have his way in us, denying ourselves, dying to self and living for Christ. This isn't easy and I think we are paradoxically able to be both extremely unhappy with who we feel we are and stubbornly unwilling to let go of that person. I think the best thing to do is shift our focus from who we are centre of our own universe, onto who Jesus is. He's the centre and we reflect his glory. God's made an incredibly diverse world and we are all absolutely unique. I think it's when we lose ourselves in him that he's able to take that unique person he has made us and use us for his glory. Those of you who know me may have heard me talk about my time in Guatemala, in fact, there's a good chance that a fair few of the conversations that I've had with you have included a mention of Guatemala. I spent three years working with a charity, Mission Guatemala, in a town called Santiago. This experience had a big impact on my life. It was an amazingly rewarding and sometimes challenging experience. A lot of the things I learned while there have impacted me. Living in a totally different culture helped me to better understand that as humans we often have different perspectives depending on how and where we were brought up and the life experience we have had. This is easy to see when you travel to the far side of the world, but it's also true for those closer to home, even within our own families. When we look at Jesus' ministry, we see how he met people exactly where they were, from the woman at the well to the Pharisees in the temple and even the thief on the cross. He spoke to them in a way that they could understand. The truth of what he shared was universal and unchangeable, but also completely personal. That is the truth of the gospel. Salvation available for all, but also salvation for the individual. Christ died for all, but Christ died also for you and me individually. To find our identity in Christ is to believe that what he says about us is true. About a year ago, I was having a fairly hard time one night feeling pretty awful about myself as I stood doing the washing up wrestling with my thoughts about myself. I heard a song begin to play. At first I thought it was my wife Charlotte who had put it on. I then realised that it was actually playing from my phone which was in my pocket. The song was Who You Say I Am by Hillsong. It's all about hearing and standing on the promise of who God says we are. At that moment I felt God's breaking through and speaking directly to me through that song we are who he says we are but also more importantly God is who he says he is as he said to Moses uh, from the burning bush I am that I am we can have confidence that God loves us because he has told us that he does we can be confident that he has rescued us because he says that he has we can be confident that he has a plan and a purpose For our lives because he has told us that he has. In those moments when we start to fear that that is not the case, we need to remind ourselves that despite what we are feeling, despite what the situation we are going through tells us, God's truth doesn't change. Romans 8 38 tells us that nothing can separate us from the love of God. We need to let God's spirit work in us. Maybe pray, Lord, I know I don't feel like a new creation today, I accept the truth of my salvation in you I accept that I'm redeemed I'm forgiven I'm loved I'm created in your image I accept that your grace is sufficient for me fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to surrender to your truth help me to hear exactly what you're saying about me today so that I can become the person you have created me to be